You're listening to the Screeners Podcast Network. From the big screen to the small screen and everything in between, this is the Screeners Podcast, where all media is appreciated, but none is safe. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Screeners Podcast. My name is Daniel. This is Chad. I'm Britton. And we have a special bonus episode for you. The 90th Academy Award nominations were released this week. They were released on Tuesday. We're recording this on Friday. And we have some reactions. We want to talk through the nominations, snubs, surprises, everything in between, and kind of analyze a few of the top races. So that's what we have in store for you. Are you guys ready to dive in to these nominations? Oh, yeah. Ready to do it. Ready. Fantastic. All right. So... Uh, first and foremost, we have it, there weren't too many huge surprises uh, with the nominations. Uh, we had The Shape of Water leading with uh, 13 nominations. That was fairly expected. Dunkirk had eight, Three Billboards had seven, and it just kind of goes on from there. I'll go ahead and read just the just the Best Picture nominees here uh, in alphabetical order. We had Call Me by Your Name, Darkest Hour, Dunkirk, Get Out. Lady Bird, Phantom Thread, The Post, The Shape of Water, and Three Billboards Outside Ebbing, Missouri. So those are kind of the major contenders, the best picture nominees. Hey, wait, uh, Daniel, that's not all of them. Surely not. That's it. That's all of them. Oh, okay. Well, I'll wait. What, what's missing? What's missing, Chad? <laughs> I believe we know what's missing, Daniel. Yes. It's the Florida Project, but the I'll get Florida into that Project. later. Sorry, we'll get into that later. Spoiler alert. Well, we there's no harm in mentioning it as much as possible. It is a travesty. Uh, the Florida Project got exactly one nomination, and that was for Willem Dafoe. Huge bummer. Huge yeah, bummer huge. in every respect. But we will get to our snubs and surprises. This has been a, a really contentious Oscar season. Um, there, it's just been really a, a season with no front runners. Everything has just been kind of very even all throughout. We've definitely gotten a little clarity in the past few weeks, especially with these nominations. We got a lot of clarity, uh, and some of the guilds that guild awards that have happened. So things are shaping up, but it's still a little bit of anybody's game. We, uh, we published an article to the Screeners Podcast blog, which by the way, if you're not reading the Screeners Podcast blog, you should follow us on social media, um, on Facebook uh, at the Screeners Podcast or on Twitter at Screeners Cast, and we, we post these articles. Britain's going to be writing a lot of these articles for us. We're looking forward to seeing the content that he comes up with. This It's ScreenersPodcast.com. Make sure you uh, stop by, read the blog. We got reviews, all sorts of stuff on there. So, as I was saying, uh, we published an article there about lots of stats and trivia trivia from these nominations uh, because it's a it's a crazy gr- kind of a groundbreaking year in a lot of respects. Did you guys get to kind of look at some of those stats there? I did. It's a lot of firsts, which I think is uh, when we get into in our snubs. I think a lot of that brings clarity to kind of the the new quote unquote uh, Academy voters and what they're yeah. looking for. Yeah, that's for sure. And what you're referring, what Chad's referring to there with the new academy in the past couple of years, they've they've really uh, invited a whole a huge new crop 
of members into the academy and so we're kind of now starting to see their influence uh, maybe a, a little bit less of the kind of old guard more of this new new crop of voters so uh it's kind of cool uh, just a few of those random ones uh greta gerwig is is the fifth ever woman nominated for best director and jordan peele is the fifth ever black person nominated for best director both of those that's awesome First ever female cinematographer, Rachel Morrison for Mudbound. And well deserved. Uh, yes. Well deserved. That's a gorgeous movie. Yes. Uh, so it's it's that's awesome. And, and that was the last category, other than best actor and act, uh, best actor and supporting actor, that was had no female nominees ever. So uh, so that's pretty awesome. Yeah. So yeah, lots of cool stuff. Um, so let's go ahead and dive in to kind of our snubs and surprises. Chad, did you have any uh, major snubs you wanted to mention? I do. I have three snubs, and I won't give them all in a row, but I rank them in the ones that make me the least angry up to the ones <laughs> that make me the most angry. And I should just say right at the beginning, it's very difficult in this world that we live in in 2017 to summon real quote-unquote anger over the Academy Awards. But I love the Academy Awards, and I love film, and it's my passion. And so I do get a little caught up into it, even though truly it's just a big marketing machine but 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 beyond that no it's the first yeah it is great i know you love it i don't want to offend you daniel um but my first snub is probably going to be a little bit controversial but i think it's a clear snub and i'll be honest with you it's the james franco not being nominated for Hmm. best actor for the disaster artist i think his performance is magnificent and clearly one of the best five of the year now The reason I think it's somewhat controversial, obviously, is because right now he's a social pariah, deservedly so. And so I'm not, you know, I'm not going to get into all that other than to say I understand why he wasn't nominated. But I think the fact that the Academy is getting somewhat selectively moral just kind of rubs me the wrong way a little bit. And, And the bigger issue I think I have with this is Denzel Washington may be my favorite, if not He's definitely in my top two or three favorite actors. I mean, he's just a force of nature in everything that he does. One of the greatest actors of my lifetime in his generation, no doubt about it. But in this case, I honestly think it's a little bit condescending to nominate him for that specific category because I just don't think, and again, these are just my opinions, I don't think that performance is award-worthy. And honestly, if you were to ask him, I don't think he probably does either. <laughs> um, you know, Fences last year, no doubt about it. Yeah. No doubt, a magnificent classic Denzel. This one in, in Esquire, it's just not. And so to me, it feels as if, you know, again, we're confronting the hashtag Oscar so white controversy, and that's fine. We should confront that. But it feels to me almost condescending like a consolation prize because it was the put in you know painted into a corner where they felt like they just couldn't nominate Franco so that that kind of bothers me a little bit I agree with you for the most part Uh, obviously I I totally agree Franco's performance is easily one of the best of the year it sucks that he appears to also be a pretty skeevy dude so that that you know that sucks and it's it's like you said rightfully so he should be a a pariah for this community and so i'm on board with him not being there if that's what it takes to have change in hollywood you know even if it means not nominating the best performances i'm okay with that i i I do i disagree a little bit with denzel being there for for the whole oscar so white thing because they already had daniel kaluuya i think denzel is there because honestly this was a super weak category this year 
Uh, I mean, uh, other than Denzel, I agree. Denzel's performance is not nomination worthy, in my opinion. But the only other options were Jake Gyllenhaal, who definitely deserved a nomination. Well, and that's what I was going to say is that I think Jake Gyllenhaal's the slam dunk other choice. Oh, sure. Yeah, here. yeah. He, he is, but that 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 movie was so small. It went whoever the I forget what studio was behind Stronger, but they they did a horrible job with the uh, campaign and release strategy. So, so they're just trying um, to be more so like Netflix with uh, with every passing month. Yeah. Yeah, just don't don't, don't, don't just following anything. the lead. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Uh, and then other than that, you got Tom Hanks for the Post, who you know was was good, was very solid, but and better also, than Denzel. He's better. Than I agree. I, I don't disagree with you. I'm just saying it's not like there's other than Franco. It's not like there's one person you can point to and be like, how did right. you not nominate this person? I agreed, and I'm not outraged about it at all. That's why it's yeah. the lowest anger on my thing. Yeah. I think that if I'm in a cat, and again. I am I am a hundred percent behind the Oscars so white and the need for inclusion of people of color across the board. I am, but I think what happens in this scenario is not devaluing Denzel because, like I said, he's one of the greatest of all time. But if you're an Academy voter and you're looking at Tom Hanks or Denzel or Jake Gyllenhaal and all things being somewhat equal, you go with Denzel because this sure. is one of the things that they're they're confronting right now. So that's all sure. that's all I mean by it. Sure. Go I was just say not to not to pile on onto Denzel because yeah, obviously he's one of the best to, to ever do it. But I kind of kind of follow the the voting metric that the NBA has where if a, a team is under five hundred, I'm not like last year, uh the Thunder were barely a five hundred team and Russell Westbrook won MVP. I think if you are truly the best in what you do in a category for an entire year the team or the art that you're doing should reflect that and i just don't think that 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 particular movie was good enough to justify him being the best for this year sure and and a lot of people uh like chad said you you said you mentioned the selective outrage i i can't i can't disagree i mean uh a lot of people are pointing to gary oldman who uh there have been many allegations against him of of spousal abuse and things like that so and he spoiler alert for the rest of our episode but he's kind of uh, a lock for a win here so people are certainly pointing to that so it'll be interesting to see how things play out maybe you know we we still have quite a while until the awards we got i think something like 40 days until the awards so things could really shake up here as people have plenty of time to write articles so um so we'll see we'll see what happens Britton, did you have any snubs or surprises you want to throw out there yeah i think my biggest just uh surprise like chad was saying just from a lowest outrage level um quote unquote outrage would be the shape of water not being nominated for best visual effects um Mm, with it being such a you know, such an up and down uh, contender. It was expected to get the fourteen nominations and only got thirteen. I was surprised that visual effects is the one it missed in. Yeah, I I, I agree. I thought that was kind of a lock for the whole um, ex machina, uh, you know, category uh, or a slot in that category because it had that low budget. Uh, Del Toro was making such a big and and the awards campaign was make, making such a big deal of the fact that this was an under twenty million dollar film. I mean, for the way it looks. That's insane. That's insane. And so I really thought it was locked for that category. I honestly thought it was going to win that yeah. category. Especially with the entire story. I mean, obviously all of the visual effects, whether it be Blade Runner or Star Wars or whatever it may be, revolve around those effects. But with The Shape of Water so heavily relying upon that relationship and upon the emotional yeah. stakes there. Yeah, yeah, you have to buy that relationship. And the fact that Kong Skull Island was nominated, which is fine. That movie's fine. Uh, but, sh- but Shape of Water is 
if you don't buy that central relationship, then the entire movie doesn't work. So, yeah, you know. I, and it, it could be a matter of quantity. I mean, if you're looking at the, the nominees here, Blade Runner, Guardians of the Galaxy 2, Kong Skull Island, Star Wars, War for the Planet of the Apes. I mean, think of the sheer quantity of visual effects that are in those movies as opposed to Shape of Water. And I'm not disagreeing with you guys. That's I'm true. just kind of. That no, true. that's fair. Yeah. I, but I would also wouldn't feel bad about replacing Guardians of the Galaxy with Shape of Water, honestly. Now, yeah. Blade Runner and Star Wars and War for the Planet of the Apes, sorry, those are in. You know, there's just no <laughs> doubt. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, yep, I agree. I think War for the Planet of the Apes is coming for a win there. Um, I, I think those those movies are very beloved. So, uh, for me, one of the one of the snubs you guys haven't mentioned, maybe I don't want to spoil your guys' lists here, but the probably the biggest snub uh, outside of the, Plor- the Florida Project not being here, but uh, the biggest snub that people are pointing to is uh, Martin McDonough for Three Billboards missed here, here. Best here, Director. Here. That is a shock. Very huge. I, I, I can't imagine. I, I don't understand how he missed there. Um, but to me, that kind of... Not doesn't shut the door on three billboards winning that winning best picture, but uh, that was a huge blow to their best picture kind of snowball. So uh, really, really surprised there that, that Paul Thomas Anderson kind of snuck in in his place, which I'm I'm not mad about because I think Phantom Thread is great. Uh, yeah. But I was just very surprised to see Martin McDonough miss. It's almost unheard of. I mean, Francis McDormand is nominated. Woody Harrelson is nominated. Yeah. Sam Rockwell is nominated. It's nominated for original screenplay. And he didn't get a director nominee. It's insane. Yeah, very like it's, surprising. I don't. I don't understand it at all. And PTA is great, but ah oh man, I I don't know. I have a hard time with this one. I don't. I'm I'm just shocked that he's not in there. Yeah, and, and Paul Thomas Anderson didn't get a screenplay nomination. It only right. got, if I'm not mistaken, uh, for for above line categories, it just got director, picture, and actor. Outside right. of that, I mean, it got some costume and stuff, but um, no screenplay. So that's that was a huge surprise. Very weird. Yeah, it is. I agree. I, I I don't believe we're quite in Argo territory though, where it's such a an outrageous snub that it's going to propel them to a to a best picture win. I really do not think we're there. So um, I think it's just going to be like, a, hey, they didn't like the movie as much as we thought they did. Yeah, so I agree. Very interesting. Uh, Chad, anything else you wanted to mention? Well, my number two of two-level anger was actually that one. It was uh, McDonough. So that'll give me rain to go to my number three, (laughs) DEFCON 4 or DEFCON 5, which is easily the Florida Project not being nominated, not just for more things. Take everything else out. Take the fact that Mooney, uh, you know, the character of Mooney, uh, played by Brooklyn uh, as a prince, should have been nominated. But take that off the table. The fact that this is not nominated for Best Picture is like one of the great travesties of the Oscars. I just cannot, for the life of me, understand it. So yeah. take take my love of the picture out of that, because as we've already talked about and we did in our top ten episode, Florida Project is my number one film of the year. Uh, it moved me. It moved me so significantly. I love it. Love it with my entire heart. So let's take me out of the equation. I would think that just in general, uh, the critical consensus, just universally, would be that it's superior to, at, at a minimum, Darkest Hour, yeah, and probably The Post, and maybe. Phantom Thread, that's kind of iffy. Um, now, obviously, for me personally, I think it's better than all the nominees because I think it's my favorite. It is my favorite movie of the year. So that's why I just have a real, real problem understanding how in the world was this movie not nominated. It 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 befuddles me because I just can't I can't put my hand around it. It seems like it's an Oscar bait kind of film coming off of Tangerine. Sean Baker is he has a lot of heat and a lot of attention around him. I just I don't get it. I don't know. I don't know how it didn't didn't get nominated. 
Yeah, I have a couple thoughts on that. I am 100% with you. Uh, it's a travesty. Uh, so sad. It was my number two movie of the year next to Lady Bird. Uh, but it's it's a masterpiece, clear, you know, plain and simple. Um, you know, it's funny. The, the movies you mentioned that it, it seems like it's clear it's better than, Darkest Hour, Phantom Thread, and The Post are all movies that would directly appeal to an older crowd. And so even though we, we said there's this new crop, the old the old guard is still there and they still have their that's how darkest hour frankly has a best picture nominee it is almost only because of the the older crowd because um, it, it didn't get that many other nominations outside of that so uh, and, and I think the Florida project I love it as much as I do I think is a movie that wouldn't appeal to the older crowd um, because it's like it's it's kind of crude and in your face and it i is, love and it there's not a traditional plot it's just kind exactly. of endless yeah you're it, right so so that's i think that's how it happened and then on top of that i don't know if this played anything into it but a24 also had ladybird in contention and so you know maybe their campaign wasn't as they they focused all their attention on trying to get ladybird best picture kind of forgot about florida project a little bit they should have flipped so, them i don't know well, uh, I disagree with that, but <laughs> thank you, but thank you. I Lady was Bird, leave it alone. I was going to leave it alone. <laughs> but Lady Bird always, always was was the one that was garnering much more attention and had a better shot at winning Best Picture and things like that. So I don't, I, I maybe that didn't play into it. I don't know. A twenty four has has had great success with their campaigns the past two years. Won Best Picture last year, so you know they obviously know what they're doing. But it just yeah. breaks my heart a little bit because I think yeah. that work is such a beautiful work. And one of the things that the Oscars can do is bring much needed attention to uh, unseen films. And I think there is an audience for this movie that would be profoundly impacted by it that now will not be because it's not going to get really a lot of attention. So it's just a bummer. I agree with you. Every year, whenever the Oscar nominations are announced, you know, people people know how much I love the Oscars and all that, of course. And I, I always have people who text me and say, "Hey, have you seen this movie that I, you know, one one of the ones that got a bunch of nominations?" And I got I got a couple texts on Tuesday morning saying, "Hey, have you seen The Shape of Water? What do you think?" And all this stuff. And and I wish they were asking me about the Florida Project. Yeah, <laughs> instead. no doubt. Oh well, I am I'm as sad as you guys. Uh, Britain, any more snubs? Yeah, I keep rotating between a couple, so I guess I'll just kind of uh, loop them all into one. It's all in the animated feature category. I'm always a sucker for a good animated film still at this point. I love them. They're great, Um, especially the ones that are more, I don't know, deeper than you would expect for an animated movie. So that brings me to my first one, which would be Coco. I think that that under Florida Project, probably under The Big Sick, but should have been a fringe Best Picture contender, and I don't think it got any of the buzz it should have. Um, excuse me, I think that the the story was emotionally rich. I think that the animation was maybe the best animation I've seen in my entire life, maybe the best animation that's been done. Um, Agreed. It was culturally relevant in a time where that is called for. It was authentic, and I thought that it was easily one of the best 11 films of the year. I had it, I believe, at number three or four on my list. Yeah, it was my yeah. number six overall. I agree. It's it's a masterpiece as well. It's magnificent. I don't. I I am a little bit surprised that it didn't catch on as big just in general. I mean, it made a made a decent box office, but certainly didn't set the world on fire. And yeah, that was surprising to me. Yeah, but you know, it's gonna very safely cruise to a win in animated feature. Uh, yeah. So we can at least take solace in that. Certainly, and I think the only other thing in that section is a kind of a two-for-one, is A, how did Lego Batman not make Best Animated yeah. Feature? And B, yeah. 
how on earth is the Boss Baby an Oscar-nominated <laughs> film? That is... It's because Lego Batman isn't as good as the Boss Baby, clearly, because the Oscars. I'm just, I'm, t- I'm, I'm just saying some things are yeah, just true. Right. Wait, wait, do you actually feel that way? No, I do not. Okay, feel okay, that. good. Not that you scared me for a second. Uh, yeah, I have thoughts on why that got nominated. I believe so. They changed the rules for animated feature this year. Um, they opened up the nominated committee to. Uh, it used to be only people in the members of the only members of the animation branch would vote. Uh, for the nominees for that for that category, uh, and now they opened it up to anyone in from any branch could vote on the nominations for that category. So uh, a lot of people were wondering how would that affect things, and people were concerned would you know the mainstream movies would movies that their children are big fans of influence their opinion as they go to vote? And it appears maybe maybe it did, but I'm sure many children and many people were fans of a very mainstream movie, Lego Batman movie. So I don't know I don't exactly know how that missed. Ferdinand was another huge huge bust for me. Not nearly as bad as Boss Baby, but I I don't I don't see why Ferdinand is is Oscar worthy Ferdinand, at all. Ferdinand's a masterpiece compared to Boss Baby, although <laughs> it's just one of those things. I think you're right on the mark there with the kids and the grandkids liking it because. Cole, my son, my five-year-old son, thinks that the emoji movie is the greatest thing since sliced oh, bread. Oh gosh, it makes no, it makes no <laughs> sense. I'm already disappointed in him. I've got to help him out of that stage. But I mean, you just never know. Yeah. yeah. Have you guys seen that uh, video going around of the Buffalo Bills celebrating when Andy, Andy Dalton beat the Ravens to get into the playoffs this year yes, of the NFL? It's great. Yes. That is how yeah. I imagine the cast of Ferdinand uh, reacting when the Boss Baby got nominated. <laughs> because otherwise, we'd all be mocking Ferdinand, but the Boss Baby's getting all the fire for it. That's yeah, true. That's true. Yeah. That is very true. But yeah, like we said, Coco should very easily and very safely cruise to a win. Man, animated feature or animated film just all around was a huge bust this year. Um, yeah. What a week. What a week year for animation. Yeah. Hey, one more one more snub just real quick. It's not really a snub. It kind of is, though. Talking about performances here, I think uh, Michael Stuhlbard as the dad from Call Me By Your Name gives one of the most subtle and wonderful performances of the year. And I just I feel like in supporting actor that you could have replaced Richard Jenkins with him. Now, I think Richard Jenkins is great, but I think that performance really didn't get any attention at all. And I think it's great. I think it's a, a wonderful performance and has maybe the best monologue of the year. Yeah, mm. I think he belongs in there over probably Woody, Woody Harrelson as well. I thought Woody Harrelson was great, but wasn't necessarily award worthy, in my opinion. I agree. Yeah, yeah. Uh, speaking of Stuhlbarg, um, I have thoughts on why he wasn't nominated, but but uh, speaking of him directly, he he joined a very exclusive club. He's the sixth person this year to uh, appear in three Best Picture nominees in, in a single year, uh, Call Me By Your Name, The Post, and Shape of Water. He's the only ah. person to do it in the expanded era. The last person to do it, of all people, was John C. Riley uh, <laughs> back in 2002. So, yeah. Very interesting and very, very much a, a fantastic actor. I wish he was recognized for yeah, it. But he's great in that in that performance, I think. And uh, so as far as him not being nominated there, you know, his co-star Army Hammer also missed. And it, it's funny there there haven't been two nominees in Best Supporting Actor for the same film in since nineteen ninety one. And people thought almost all year that it was going to be Army Hammer and Michael Stuhlbarg. They were going to yeah. break it. Neither one of them made it in. Yeah. Uh, then people thought it could be Richard Jenkins and Michael Shannon for The Shape of Water. 
only Richard Jenkins made it in. And then instead, the dual nominees for a different for the same film were Sam Rockwell and Woody Harrelson for three three billboards. <laughs> right. <laughs> uh, so it's a crazy year for best supporting actor. That was easily the the most difficult category to predict uh, as far as nominations go. So pretty crazy. I really thought Army Hammer was honestly going to get it in. I, I was I was pretty sure about that, and I was wrong. So uh, yeah, there's some snubs there. Um, another snub for me uh, was was the Big Sick missing Best Picture. And missing Best Supporting Actress for Holly Hunter. Uh, yeah, both of those I, are... I agree on Holly Hunter for sure. And I think the Big Six better than the Post, I mean, for sure. Yeah. So you can make the case. There's no doubt about it. And still, it got it got Best Original Screenplay. Uh, there's still Oscar nominee Kumail Nanjiani uh, and his wife, Emily V. Gordon. So uh, that is pretty awesome. But I do wish it had kind of cracked Best Picture I agree. Did you see on Twitter where Edgar Wright, the bet that he had with Kamel Nanjiani about the Brussels sprouts? Yes, yes. Yeah, so that was great. They, Edgar Wright uh, had a gentleman's bet with him, I guess, several months ago that uh, they would be nominated for the Big Sick in some fashion. And Kamel evidently hates Brussels sprouts, and Edgar Wright loves them. And so they had a celebratory champagne and bowl of Brussels sprouts. And Kamel uh, tweeted, I've never been more happy to be wrong and eat these gross Brussels sprouts. And they had pictures. <laughs> it's really great. I, I'm very happy for that film just because yeah. it it's just really great. great. And for Baby Driver as well. It got three nominations, both sound yeah. categories and and best editing, which it could possibly win, which is, uh, which is pretty awesome. I believe those are the first nominations for any Edgar Wright film. Oh, yeah, so. that's true. I didn't think about that. That's awesome, yeah. Yeah, pretty awesome. So I love that it's given us – the Oscars have now given us uh, a, a bromance between Kumail and Edgar Wright. All right, so uh, we are going to go ahead and dive into these categories, just the major ones here, uh, and just kind of give a, a, an overview of them and, and maybe see where see where they're landing. Um, I already said at the top of the show that it's been a really contentious season. Honestly, until maybe three weeks ago, most of these categories, all the acting, picture, and director – we're up for grabs. Uh, it's been a very, very confusing season, the most unstable season we've had in many, many, many years. Uh, but after PGA, SAG, a few of these other guilds, and now these nominations, we, we've got some clarity on a lot of races here. So let's go ahead and dive into Best Supporting Actress. Nominees are Mary J. Blige, Allison Janney, Leslie Manville, Laurie Metcalf, and Octavia Spencer. So all season long, it's been a, a battle between Laurie Metcalf and Allison Janney. I, I honestly thought for the majority of the season, Laurie Metcalf was just going to soar to her Oscar win. She kind of won pretty much every Critics Award. Like, she swept the Critics Awards. Uh, and then we got to the Guilds and the Golden Globes, and Allison Janney has been now sweeping. She's got the Globe, the SAG, and the Critics' Choice. And so that's a pretty uh, hard trifecta to, to overcome. So I, I believe Allison Janney takes the win here, which uh, I think Laurie Metcalf gives the better performance, but I'm not mad that C.J. Craig is going to is gonna have an Oscar. What do you guys think? <laughs> the Jackal. Yeah, I actually, uh, you know how I feel about Lady Bird, but one of the things that I do think is strong about Lady Bird is Metcalf's performance, but uh, I'm probably just slightly inverse of you in that I think Janney actually deserves it. A lot of people think that her performance is just big. I personally think there's a lot of subtlety and nuance to make that character work the way that it does in I, Tanya. So I, for me, uh, I'm actually okay with that. What do you think, Britton? Yeah, I would say the smart money's on either uh, Metcalf or Janney. I think that Leslie Manville has an outside shot just because the, uh, Phantom Thread seems to be a slow burn that is starting to 
to get in front of more eyeballs as it goes with it being, you know, Daniel Day-Lewis's last film and whatnot. I think she has an outside shot, but I think uh, the other two obviously are the front runners. Yeah, I, I uh, totally agree with you guys. And uh, and I definitely, I don't uh, disagree with what you said, Chad. I, uh, that I think Alice Janney certainly gives a fantastic performance in Itania. I'm not one of those who thinks it's bad. I just happen to prefer uh, Metcalf. Sure. But, yeah, uh, I understand. Yeah, not going to be mad about it. With Leslie Manville, man, I am so pissed because I have had her, I had her in my predictions to get nominated for pretty much the entire season. I thought she would be the surprise nominee because she was only nominated for the BAFTA. She missed pretty much, she missed every single precursor except for the BAFTA. She's the first person to get into that category with only having a BAFTA nomination prior to prior to getting in there. Uh, so I had her in my predictions, like I was going to be so smart and have this surprise nomination. And then I took her out the night before the Oscars. I gave up <laughs> on myself. And then and then there she is. So Daniel, you have to believe in you. Okay? I didn't. I didn't <laughs> you believe in myself. You have to believe in you. <sighs> anyway. Okay. So Allison Janney pretty safely has Best Supporting Actress, but but d- definitely don't don't discount Laurie Metcalf. She could pull it out in the end, but I don't think it's going to happen. And actually, it's a very similar case for Best Supporting Actor. Really, really similar, actually. Uh, so the nominees here are Willem Dafoe, Woody Harrelson, Richard Jenkins, Christopher Plummer, and Sam Rockwell, which let's just pause real quick. Christopher Plummer got an Oscar nomination for all the money in the world, making him the oldest acting nominee ever. And he was cast in the role... 70-something days ago. I think that's the only reason he got nominated. I do. Uh, it is. I mean, I'm not... Yeah, I'm not mad about it. Like, he, he gives a great performance. Uh, but I, I agree. There, there is a narrative there that, that pushed him pushed him to a nomination. But it is remarkable, nonetheless, that he got it nominated. It absolutely and, is. And so it's a middle sh- finger to the whole, you know, to harassers to kevin spacey it's kind of a a middle finger so that's right so as far as the category itself just like best supporting actress it's kind of been a two-man two-person race here uh between willem dafoe for the florida project and sam rockwell for three billboards outside ebbing missouri and just like supporting actress willem dafoe swept the critics uh, the critics awards he was winning every single one and then uh, Sam Rockwell wins the Globe, wins the SAG, wins the Critics' Choice. And so, again, that's really hard to overcome. So my money is on Sam Rockwell, who actually, despite my love for Florida Project, he does give the be- better performance of the two. I think he gives one of the best performances of the year by a mile, in my opinion. So I think he is uh, very safely winning. Defoe could, you know, he could sneak in there. wouldn't be a huge shock, but I think Sam Rockwell's got it. Yeah, my heart is obviously with Defoe just because of my love for the Farter Project, just yeah. like you said, Daniel. But my heart and my brain are with Rockwell. It's the best <laughs> performance of the year. It just is. I can't. Yeah. You just. I can't deny the power of that performance. Totally agree. Yeah, uh, Britain. I think. I think it's a toss up for me. I would before two weeks ago probably would have leaned with Rockwell as well. I think that Rockwell's supporting actor performance is the best of the year. Might be better than any of the lead actors, to be honest. In some ways. I think Defoe is going to take it, in my opinion. I think the uh, three billboards oh. backlash is coming, and I think it's so focused it on is. Rockwell's character. It's, it's, that, that's yeah. true. That I think Defoe ends up getting the... Also, I think there will be a lot of people who are rightfully upset that the Florida Project didn't get nominated for anything else, and this will kind of be the conciliatory pick 
<laughs> excuse me in there sure and i can't i can't deny with that logic uh like i said earlier we have 40 something days until the oscars that's a lot of time and uh there has been lots of outrage about three billboards specifically about sam rockwell's character jason dixon it is a very distinct possibility that that it's outrage true. right now i think it's contained to kind of twitter and kind of online just judging from how much the academy loved this movie i mean they nominated it so much but it has plenty of time to creep into the mainstream and affect the actual outcome of the awards. I don't disagree at all. Right now, my money is on Sam Rockwell, but I I, I can't deny the logic of uh, Defoe taking it. All right, we move on to Best Actress. Things get a little bit clearer. Um, the, these five actresses were kind of the same all, all year round. There were no surprises in this category as far as nominations go. We have Sally Hawkins, Frances McDormand, Margot Robbie, Saoirse Ronan, and Meryl Streep. It was easy to predict those nom- nominees. It's a little harder predict- to predict a winner. Frances McDormand has been taking more of the precursor awards. They were a little bit spread out. Sally Hawkins won quite a few. Margot Robbie won quite a few. Saoirse won one or two. Meryl Streep has not won very many, surprising, surprisingly enough, so she's kind of out. Uh, but Frances McDormand has been picking up steam, so she won the SAG, she won the Globe, she won the Critics' Choice, just like with the other categories. My money is on Frances McDormand, but it's not as clear-cut as with uh, Rockwell and Janney. I think, I think, I, I just, all season long, I felt like Sally Hawkins is such an Oscar-y performance. I mean, she's mute. Uh, it's such an artsy film, but Frances McDormand, who already has an Oscar, she seems to be racking up the awards and is very much beloved, so... My money's on her for now. Yeah, I agree. I think she probably will win. But if I had to pick one that I would choose that I think should win that category, because there's not a bad performance among yeah. those. Those are really magnificent performances all around. I actually would go with Sally Hawkins, I think. I think that's a, I mean, you're right. It's very Oscar-y, but it is also, she's playing against a creature. Yeah. Uh, she's mute, and she has to do a lot with just her reactions and her, her physical presence. So for me, I think that's the one that I think was the one that I, that should win, but I don't think she will. For my money, I would say either Frances McDormand or uh, Saoirse Ronan. I have Jordan Peele as a near lock in Best Director. Um, so because of that, I would probably go with Frances McDormand's uh, and split it up a little bit that way. Gotcha. Spreading the wealth as far as win goes, you mean? Yeah, in terms of I think Greta Gerwig will probably lose Best Director, and I could see the Academy recognizing Lady Bird through uh, Saoirse Ronan's performance in that. Sure. Uh, Not going to happen no matter how much Daniel wants it. Yeah, I don't think it's going to happen either. Uh, I agree. You know I'm going to fight for Lady Bird wherever I can. (laughs) It's uh, always Lady Bird. It's always been Lady Bird. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, but uh, I don't don't believe it's going to happen. But I can always dream. So, yeah, so we'll see. And and I— with as far as the three billboards backlash goes, I definitely don't see it affecting Francis McDormand as much as it does Sam Rockwell because it's not directed at his character or at her character. So we'll, uh, yeah, we'll see how that shakes out. Uh, and we move on to best actor. Not a lot of surprises here other than the aforementioned Franco snub getting uh, Denzel Washington in here. And so, uh, we, our nominees are Timothy Chalamet, uh, Daniel Day Lewis, Daniel Kaluuya, Gary Oldman, and Denzel Washington. And uh, this category is pretty clear cut. Gary Oldman has been winning everything. 
He's only got one nomination prior to this, and he's seen as a legend. And so this is definitely his year. It's a very transformative role, him as Winston Churchill. So, yeah, uh, he's got it. Now, my only caveat on that is if this uh, Me Too kind of kind of grabs Gary Oldman because he definitely has skeletons in his closet. He's got a lot of allegations against him. So he could certainly get caught up in that, in which case Timothy Chalamet come in and, and – uh, and get the win because he's he's solidly in number two uh for this category everybody else is is pretty weak as far as wins go so it's either gary oldman or timothy chalamet but it's it the smart money is on oldman because i don't think i think if he was going to get taken down he would have already been taken down so yeah and while i think that chalamet's performance is by far the best thing about call me by your name uh, i actually can't get too mad about gary oldman's performance what i mean it's uh, playing Churchill in the way that he does with all the makeup and everything that he did is uh, that's a pretty astounding feat. So even though it is certainly Oscar bait and it's been said that that darkest hour is just a vehicle for that performance and that's a hundred percent accurate, but he delivers, I think. So I, I couldn't get too mad if he, if he wins. I think definitely Gary Oldman is unquestionably the front runner. I think that I would have put 100% uh thought that he would have 100% won until Casey Affleck stepped down yesterday from yeah. presenting. And I think that might have re-sparked something. Um, if that's the case, I would think it would definitely be either Chalamet or maybe Daniel Day-Lewis as a legacy award. But I think Gary Oldman is definitely the front runner. Yeah, this is Daniel Day-Lewis's, well, so he says, final role. So, uh, you know, final chance for him to be the first man to win four Best Actor Oscars. But I, yeah, I don't think that's going to happen. I think... I still think it's Oldman, but we'll see. We'll see what happens. There's definitely a passionate crowd for Timothy Chalamet. There's a very, there's a lot of passion behind him, and I actually he he is my favorite performance of the year in any category. I think he has gave the best performance. Um, and I didn't mention he is the youngest nominee in this category since 1939. So uh, he, he it's the youngest. He's the youngest one in 79 years, which is pretty remarkable. And uh, honestly, wow. it's very well deserved. Agree. All right, so let's move on to Best Director. This is a a bit tough to predict. We already mentioned our surprise nominee here is Paul Thomas Anderson. The other nominees were Christopher Nolan, Jordan Peele, Greta Gerwig, and Guillermo del Toro. So uh, the Directors Guild nominees uh, are out, and they are this exact crop except replace Paul Thomas Anderson with Martin McDonough. And they haven't haven't named their winner yet, so we don't know who's going to win there. But uh, to me... This category is uh, pretty solid, solidly locked for Guillermo del Toro. Uh, he is, it's almost unquestionable. I, I'm about 98% sure on that. I would be very, very surprised if anybody else takes this. Only other person who could would be, uh, honestly, Christopher Nolan. But I, I, n- none of these other nominees are going to touch this uh, unless something somehow takes down Shape of Water, which I, of course, don't see happening. So, uh, yeah, Guillermo del Toro has this category. No other nominees have a shot. I agree that he is going to win, and I, I don't hate on del Toro at all. I'm a fan of almost all of his work, even including Pacific Rim. And Pan's Labyrinth, is a, in my opinion, is an unquestioned masterpiece. His gifting is as a visual storyteller is, is almost unmatched. 
but the man that should win this award is Christopher Nolan. Not that not that Dunkirk is my favorite movie of the year. It wasn't. It was my number two favorite film of the year. But of any movie that's ever been made that screams the best directed, Dunkirk is at the top of that list. What he is able to do with his direction related to the visceral feeling that Dunkirk gives you, it, for me, is just it's breathtaking. Like it literally took my breath away when I saw that in IMAX. So I'm a little disappointed. Uh, at the same time, I love Del Toro. So, uh, and I think he's, you're right, Daniel. I think he's going to win. Have you guys seen just out of curiosity, the shape of water plagiarism accusations that are breaking today from the guardian? Yeah. That happens every year with every big yeah. contender. It's yeah. It's nothing special. That's kind of what I thought. I, you know, have dove more into it this year than I have uh, some of the kind of Oscar takedown campaigns before, but it was at least interesting yeah. to me. Yeah, I mean, it's definitely there. Uh, you know, it could, if, if it takes hold, maybe it could affect things. But like I said, it, it happens all the time uh, and never goes anywhere because if if they would have made, if they were going to make Shape of Water, they would have made Shape of Water, you know? And the, the it's a play, I, I believe, right? And, uh, I, you know, I don't think it's similar enough to warrant anything special no i agree i think my my winner for director would be get out uh, or jordan peele rather sorry i definitely think del toro is the front runner i just have a weird gut feeling about peele but i could be wrong and probably will be we'll see hey there you go listen to your gut man you're hey, wrong but then, but listen to it listen Britain, to it you believe in you okay you believe in you <laughs> yeah so uh we'll see D- the director's guild winner will uh illuminate some stuff um so we'll see We'll see if Del Toro takes it, but I, I definitely suspect he will. And that moves us into our final category. I already read the nominees, but I'm going to do it one more time. We have Call Me By Your Name, Darkest Hour, Dunkirk, Get Out, Lady Bird, Phantom Thread, The Post, The Shape of Water, and Three Billboards Outside Ebbing, Missouri. And as I've been saying this whole time, this category has been bonkers, y'all. It has been such a wild ride of what is going to win. Um, there has never been a category, a, a best picture, as difficult to predict as, as this one is. Not in not in many, many years. And certainly not since I've been following the Oscars, which is about 10 years now. Uh, it's, it's really tough to predict. But as the race stands now, my thoughts are, and I do not feel confident about this, but my thoughts are that Shape of Water ends up winning. It won PGA, which is a preferential ballot, just like the Oscars. So meaning it can it can rise above, uh, it has enough votes to win there. Three Billboards would have been my number two. It is no longer my number two choice, only because they snubbed Martin McDonough for Best Director. That's a big deal. That's a big snub right there. You know, only three films have ever won Best Picture without a Best Director nominee. And this ain't Argo. It doesn't have the same momentum or outrage or anything. So I, I, it's now my number three. In number two position, I have Lady Bird, and I'm not biased, Chad. Uh, uh, actually, to be fair, you are biased, but you may <laughs> also be factually accurate. <laughs> so I think Lady Bird is my number two uh, uh, as a spoiler because uh, it's a film that is, is generally... It, not generally, it's very much well-liked all across the board. Um, th- I've never heard of anybody hating Lady Bird. People might prefer other movies, and you know they can be wrong, that's fine, but, uh, th- <laughs> but nobody hates it. And so that's very, that, that matters a lot when it comes to the best picture because it's a preferential ballot. You don't want, on a preferential ballot, is last place votes. I can't imagine anybody listing Lady Bird last on their list. Um, but I could see some people hating three billboards and putting that last on the list. 
I could even I could even see a few people doing that with Shape of Water. Not quite, not nearly as much, but maybe uh, you know if they if they couldn't handle the whole the the fish love romance there, you know they might just be really offended by it and put it last. So and even Get Out, there's a lot of these that that I could see having some kind of backlash or or dislike. I can't see that with Ladybird. So that's my spoiler. I think it would do very well on a, be- on a on a preferential ballot, just like Moonlight. That's how Moonlight won. There was backlash against La La Land. Some people had it, you know, put it at the bottom of their rankings because they thought it was a guaranteed winner, and then it wasn't. So I have Shape of Water winning with Ladybird as a spoiler. What do you guys think? Yeah, I agree. I think Ladybird is probably going to move to the second place. I still personally think that Three Billboards has a shot. I don't know that uh, anything will overtake Shape of Water, which personally for me is a bummer because it's not even in my top ten. I just don't. I just don't think it's that. Gr- I don't think it's one of the best movies of the year. I just don't. I'm with you. So that's a little disappointing in that regard. But as far as just related to the event uh, itself. I think it's probably Shape of Water, uh, although I am holding out hope for three billboards um, as a dark horse. I think I would go with uh, kind of like you were saying, Chad. Three billboards to me is kind of kind of the leader in the in the clubhouse to an extent. Um, I think Lady Bird and Shape of Water both, and maybe Call Me by Your Name, I'll have a dark horse contender uh, pedigree to them. Why do you say that about Call Me by Your Name? I just think it has a lot of buzz. I think the Chalamet performance is enough of a star-making performance that it kind of lifts the rest of the movie onto its shoulders. Um, I've seen a lot of buzz for the Sufjan Stevens song, uh, and obviously that ending uh, ending scene is yes. probably the best of the year. So. Oh, yeah, no doubt about that. That ending scene, that, that final shot is easily in my top ten favorite you know, final shots in any movie ever. I mean, that's amazing. In terms of excellence, it's everything that is the opposite of the last, like, 20 minutes of Wonder Woman for me. It's, if you you can engineer the reverse, it is that. Yeah. It Uh, is, but I think it also gives, it also colors a lot of people's viewing of the entire film. Sure. And makes it a little more positive than I think they normally would, because it is undeniably one of the strongest closings to a film ever. Yeah, yeah, uh, I I agree. Uh, Lady Bird, Shape of Water, Three Billboards. Uh, I I don't think Call Me by Your Name is close for a number of reasons. I think uh, it missed out on uh, Best Director, missed out on a, a few key categories there, uh, and I I just in general think Sony Pictures Classic really screwed up the release with Call Me by Your Name. I saw it back in November, but that's only because I drove to L.A. to see it. It it just now opened wide. Um, and by wide, I mean like 800 theaters, not even truly wide. And so uh, I think there there is buzz for it. People want to see it, but they they lost a lot of momentum by releasing so slowly across the country. I don't know why they did it that way. I agree. Uh, what's interesting, uh, just while we're on the topic of releases, uh, Get Out is the first film nominated for uh, Oscars with a February release date in many since uh, 1991 it's the first film nominated for best picture uh, since aaron brockovich to be released prior to the previous year's oscars get out was released on oscar uh, academy award weekend uh, in 2017 so pretty crazy that it was able to sustain itself all the way to uh, nomination but i mean it's just it's just that good so we will have so many more conversations about this on episodes as we make way towards the academy awards Thanks for chiming in. We want to hear from you guys. Follow us on social media on Twitter at ScreenersCast. 
uh, on Facebook. Search the Screeners Podcast and uh, join in with us. Let us know what what you're predicting for these categories. Uh, what were your snubs and your surprises? Uh, we all know I can talk about the Oscars for hours. So come and do that with me on Twitter, especially. All right. With that said, we will see you next time. And that's a wrap. You've heard what the screeners had to say. Now you be the critic. Head over to screenerspodcast.com and let us know what you think. See you next time.